Coach Brian and Ed here on the Level Up Grappling Podcast. I forget what episode number we're on, yeah, but we, I know we're in the double digits now. So, <laughs> But uh, welcome, everyone. And again, as always, thank you guys for all your support, um, for engaging with us on Instagram. And we've been hearing a lot of good stuff uh, from people uh, about the podcast, and it's it's been really motivating for us. Um, it's, it's actually, it makes it a lot more fun because it's like, wow. We have some fans. It's it's a little weird. <laughs> and like we talked about Eric on the mm. last show. And honestly, Eric, if you're listening to this and I know that we know that you are, um, thank you. Thank you for your support and to your coach at Bulldog Combatives. I, I don't mean to just kind of hound on one specific um, fan of ours, but you guys have been advocating for us. And so we can't thank you guys enough. And that being said, we, we love to hear from you guys. So please, we ask that you would comment on, our Instagram posts. Um, I'm going to try to do a better job of posting a little bit more often. We would love to, if, if you guys would be willing to post a review on whether it's Apple or Spotify, we would greatly appreciate that as well. It really helps out the show and engage with it. If you're listening to us on Spotify, please engage with us. Um, we want to hear what you guys want to hear for, uh, on the show. We want to find more guests. We have a couple guests that we are trying to work to get on the show that we're very excited for. So no hints there yet. But um, as far as any announcements go, we've got the master of pain, Joel Bain, this week, this weekend. So that's going to be a fun one. We are going to be trying to do a live uh, episode with him. And so that will probably come out after this episode, unless we edit it so that that one comes out first. And then this so will edit this section out. But yeah, I, it may I be wait. flipped, but whatever. Let's see what happens. Yeah, we'll figure it out. So um, and again, Level Up Grappling is the official podcast of PCI Jiu Jitsu down here in Mission Viejo, California, under the tutelage, tutelage of Coach Brian. And we invite anybody of our listeners to please come on out, join us for a class get a get a free shin ride <laughs> free of charge included no but yeah so for this episode we're it's you know what we coach brian and i were talking and it's just kind of like hey let's just see what happens we just want to have a conversation there's a couple of things in the works for us um, with pci uh, as well as this this podcast and i wanted to kind of bring up actually i should say this way i'll, I'll give a little story Coach Brian calls me and we, we had a couple days hiatus. You know, Coach Brian went on vacation with his family for 4th of July. I went on a camping trip with my family, Eleanor's first camping trip. She did pretty well. She hated the car ride. It was like a six hour <laughs> car ride. We were up, we went up to Big Sur. A um, lot of fun, a lot of fun being up there. It was, it, I would consider it glamping um, because it's, it's a Hyatt property. Mm -hmm. And what it is, is that it's a big Sir Hyatt property. And when you pull in, it's along the coastline of Monterey. So it's beautiful, beautiful coastline. And you get there. And when you pull in, it sections off to uh, you go right or left. And if you go to the right, it's a full on resort, smokehouse, restaurant, everything. And if you go left, it goes about maybe about a quarter mile or so and then takes you into the campgrounds. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely not like the state park campground. So it's 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 your standard campground picnic bench, a little flat area for your tent fire pit, but probably about a hundred feet from us, you have hot showers, running water, flushing toilets. <laughs> like it was really nice. No bugs, nothing compared to, compared to a state park where it's, it's fun. Don't get me wrong, but it's like, you got bugs everywhere, mosquitoes everywhere, but it was, it was a super fun experience for us. So throughout that time, you know, 
Coach Brian and I kind of had a, a bit of a some time off from everything, and here we are back. And I was like, you know, what are we going to talk about today? And we go through our list of ideas, and it's like nothing's really sticking. So I was like, you know what? We were like, hey, let's just start talking. But anyway, what happened was when I got back, when we got back, Coach Brian calls me and goes, hey, you know, we're talking about uh, the Joel Bain seminar this weekend, all kind of the plans around that, plans around what's going on with Snake Pit, what's going on with PCI. And we're also talking about more seminars coming up, and especially like in the August, in, in August. But it's hard to put a seminar together because you have a bunch of, it's tournament season. So a lot of tournaments are popping up. And all of a sudden, Coach Brian tells me, by the way, you're competing. <laughs> and I was like, what? And I'm counting my, I was like, has it been six months? I was like, ah, oh, it's July 7. Oh, it has been six months. So technically I'm, I'm good to go for competitions. But that got me <clears throat> going down this path of getting all nervous just even thinking about it. I haven't even registered. I don't even know what tournament I'm or what competition I'm going to be competing You're doing the American in. Catch Wrestling Association Catch Wrestling Tournament. Well, there you in, go. Uh, where is it? Barnett. Uh, it's, I, I want to say it's in like Yorba Linda. So it's okay. not far, right? It's Josh Barnett's tournament. Mm -hmm. My opinion, it's the best run tournament. It's the best tournament that's out there. It's awesome. If you guys have not tried this tournament, do it. It's fast. It's quick. It's pin and submit, which is incredibly important to learn both. Uh, and it's, it's a wild ride. It is so fun. It's fast. One of our students is, uh, the, was a gold medalist champion of that already in her weight class. Tati Negrita is the best, my gold medalist. So uh, we will be doing that one again, and Ed's going to do it, and we're going to have fun. It's all about having fun. It's quick, <laughs> I'm telling you. By the time you get in there, man, he's so efficient with that tournament. You're in and out quick. I hate some of these ones where you're waiting all day. You're like, okay. When are we going on? When are we going on? And then it's just like, it's just building and then nothing happens. And you're waiting, waiting, waiting. They tell you it's like 11 o'clock start time. And next thing you know, it's 3.30 in the afternoon. Your, your people still haven't gone. I freaking hate that. Yeah. So this one's fast. I, I think in my last two tournaments that I've done, again, these years ago, where you show up at 8 or whatever it is. And I, I probably never, I didn't compete till probably 4.30, if not 5 o'clock at yeah. times. Oh, it was rough. Um but it gets, I got super nervous because, and I still am because, and I was up last night thinking, I was like, God, man, how's, what, how is this going to work? I was like, I'm super, on one hand, I'm extremely excited because I can start training. Um, it gives me, um, see, now I feel like I'm coming up with excuses, but it gives me a renewed sense of purpose to train. I have to talk to my wife about this. I know she's listening to this, so I'm here. We go, but anyway, <laughs> um, it's gonna. I think it's gonna fast track my like. For example, obviously with my back injury, recovering on that, making sure that I'm good to go there, working through proper eating, stretching. I've been, you know, again trying to lose weight, um, trying to eat better. At the same time, working on rehabilitating my back, getting my my glutes. One of the episodes we talked about glute adnesia. Yeah. It's like my but doesn't even know how to work as disgusting as that sounds, but getting my muscles reactivated, getting my core strength back up, getting, getting back into a rhythm of things and then training aggressively in preparation for this competition. And I'm one of, I'm one of those people where I will get a little, I'll get vulnerable about this. I, it's a weird way to say it, but I am scared to win. Mm. 
And so as much as I'm excited about the training and the journey to get to that, what I fear is I'm going to get there and I'm not going to perform the way that I'm going. I'm just going to get in my own head. And it's not even so much that I'm afraid of losing. If anything, losing makes me feel comfortable, mm. right? We And, and so again, being very open about that, losing makes me feel comfortable because I don't have to worry about it's almost like I'm too scared to actually do well, which is also where I get pressure added on when I think about that, because my grandfather growing up told me, he goes, quacks never lose. We always win. And I'm like, oh, God, I've never won anything. You know, it's always been second or third. That's probably the best that I've ever done. It's like it's always comforting to be there because it's like I don't have to try to win. But the more and more I think about going down this path of competing and I haven't competed in grappling or in martial arts in probably now over seven years. I think the last tournament was when I was teaching English in Korea doing the uh, BJJ competition out there. Um, and it's not, it's, I'm scared of in a sense losing and disappointing you and our team. And in that sense, I'm also, maybe I'm scared of, when I say that I'm scared of winning is that I am scared of having to go through the process of putting that pressure upon myself mm -hmm. mentally, emotionally to actually win. Because, and it could be that it's because I've never experienced that kind of victory, mm -hmm. that kind of win, a gold medal, yeah. right? Taekwondo competitions, pretty much always second place. And then it's, it's, it's interesting because when I think back to years ago, I was ranked second in the state of California, second or third in the state of California in Taekwondo in one of the circuits mm -hmm. that was out there. Um, but it's, again... It was to say, I'm in the top three in the state of California. Ooh, never a winner, but I'm in the top three. I'm in the top five. I'm in the top 10. And so it's fun and easy to show off, but it's never like, oh, I'm the state champion. Oh, I'm world champion. I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, I'm that. And so there is this, this, this journey right now for me, all because you made this one comment of you're going to compete that my my brain is going through this process of like I'm excited for it but I'm scared to win. I want to win, but I'm scared to win. Yeah. And it's a really I think it's a really weird position for me. I don't know how else to kind of articulate well, I, that. I get it. Yeah. I I think here's the thing. You know, I understand where you're coming from. I started martial arts very very young and I was competing from a young age. And this is going to sound really weird on top of what you're saying. So this is like the weird episode, but I knew the days I was going to lose. I had a winning record, but I knew the days I was going to lose. It was strange that, you know, I fought in mat, just straight mats. I fought in the cages. I fought in rings, whatever. Didn't matter if there's a space for me to, you know, fight somebody. I did it. And there were times where I knew that day or that night or whatever, I'm like, for whatever reason in my mind, 
I just said, today's not my day. And I also said, I'm just going to have to take today as, let's see. I'm like, okay, well, let's see if I can pull this out, but today's not my day. I almost felt like I already, I don't want to say I set myself up for failure, but I set myself up mentally in a way like I just need to learn how to get out of my own way. And I had to constantly accept my own struggles and realize it had nothing to do with my training. Okay, maybe this is really the kind of like the the topic of today's uh, podcast is like the training and competing mindset. But it wasn't it wasn't about how much or how little I trained. It had to do with my mind getting in my own way. You know, there's a saying in there's an ancient book from the East called the Bhagavad Gita. And there's a saying in that book it says that the, the, it's easier to control the most turbulent wind than to control one's mind. And if you sit back and think about it, there's a reason why sports psychologists are so popular. Hypnotherapists are so popular with athletes all over the world because it truly is easier to control a, a tornado than it would be to control the mind. We all have these struggles, these issues. How many of you sit up at night, your mind is racing about God knows what, trying to figure out how to get to bed? Why are your sleeping pills so popular? Why is Xanax so popular? Why are all these things so popular, right? Because of the challenge it is to control the mind, still the mind. And we have to acknowledge that the mind is a tool, right? The mind is not, you are not the mind. The mind, if you're able to separate yourself from the mind, sorry to get a little esoteric on you guys here, but I think this will help. Separate yourself from your mind. Understand that not only are you not your body, right? Because the body's constantly changing. But the unit of consciousness that you are that actually exists within this vehicle of the material body is separate from the mind. And the reason why I'm telling you that is you can talk to your mind. This is what sports psychologists say. This is what hypnotherapists say, right? Everybody may have a different presentation in terms of how you talk to your mind, conversations with your mind, right? But you can talk to your mind and train it. And I think one of the things that we're missing is how are we training our mind? Yeah, we're on the mat. We're training, right? We've talked about ad nauseum now, why BJJ people don't drill enough. And I'm going to keep hammering all of you over the head with this. If you're not spending most of your time drilling, you need to reevaluate your location of where you're training and the people you're training with. It should be 90%, in my opinion, 90% drilling. And some people go, oh, that's too much drilling. Okay. You know, at the end of the day, you go to any wrestling room in the country. That's how it is. So for you to be anti-drilling, I'm sorry, you're missing the boat in terms of what you can actually achieve. So how are we drilling and training our mind? I don't know if any of the listeners out there have ever read any sports psychology books or, you know, watched any sports psychology lectures, but there were studies that were done. I remember when I was in university, they were talking about these, you know, sports doctors they had a group, two groups of basketball players. So one group of basketball players literally 
was standing in the in the gym throwing free throws from the free throw line, the basket, over and over and over again. And they had a certain percentage that made the number of shots, right? They had another group that were just visualizing, training their in their mind and visualizing over and over and over again the repetitions. And guess who had the most success in a live situation? The ones that were actually training in their mind, not the ones that were standing in front of the basket. So there is something to be said for how we are training the mind for competition, how we are training the mind for fighting, right? How we are training the mind for sport. It's really all the same. But how much time are you actually spent reviewing in your mind? <clears throat> you don't need to review the roles. Here's where I think people mess up. This is what traumatizes you. And then you go, oh, damn, I don't want to do that again. Or I don't want to roll with this person or that person because they got me in this. You're visualizing your mistake over and over and over again. Or you're visualizing how somebody choked you out or how somebody armbarred you repeatedly. Stop doing that. You need to start visualizing what it looks like to be successful. You need to visualize, I don't care if it's gi or no gi, whatever. Say, let's start with the gi. I want you visualizing because everything starts standing, people. Everything starts standing. All matches, all fights start standing. So you're not visualizing sitting on your ass. You're visualizing standing up like a real fighter, like a real warrior, and getting your grips. So if you're wearing a gi, you better visualize that. How are you grabbing that lapel? How are you driving your knuckles into the collarbone? How are you stiff-arming and turning? How are you grabbing the, the sleeve on the other side? I want repetition after repetition after repetition. Train your mind to grab the lapel. Train your mind to grab the sleeve. Train your mind to set up your throws. If we're doing nogi, okay, it's the same thing. Train your mind for your entries. Do you have your head on the inside? Is your head in the pocket? How's your collar tie? Train your mind. Repeat to yourself. Collar tie entry. Fingers over the ear. Elbow into the sternum. You should be saying that over and over and over again and visualize it. If you don't know what I'm talking about, get to my class immediately. Because I can tell you right now, without a shadow of a doubt, there's less than a handful of people on this planet doing submission grappling that teach a collar tie properly. Notice I said submission grappling. I didn't say Greco. Why? Because they teach it properly. <laughs> okay? The issue is we have BJJ people that think they are experts in grappling because they know how to do stuff on the ground. I don't care how good your guard is. I really don't. The guard is easy to break, it's easy to pass, it's easy to stuff if you know proper mechanics. How good is your collar tie? How good is your lapel grip? How good is your transition? How good, how good is your ability to transition and get your opponent off balance? How good is it? Guess what? I can, I can tell you there's less than a handful of people in this country that are teaching it right. At all, or if at all. So if you don't have this being done at your school, like I said, reevaluate. 
give us a call. Come down. Add a little bit of spice to your game. Or if there's a place, a really good top-level judo center or wrestling center in your town, you better start supplementing. Okay? If you can't get near us, you better go somewhere and start supplementing real stand-up grappling. So I want you to visualize how you're creating your collar ties. I want you to visualize your entry. I want you to visualize where's your hip in relation to the other person. I want you to visualize how you're clearing off of a single leg. This is how we're training the mind. And here's the thing. I don't want you, let me tell you again, I do not, under any circumstances, want you to visualize the failure you're going to visualize the repeated repetition of successful movement. Train your mind. The mind is a tool. The mind is either your best friend or your worst enemy. Again, from the Bhagavad Gita. Okay, make it your friend. The mind is malleable. Okay, like putty, the mind is malleable. So how we train our mind is going to affect us in terms of how we are training on the mat and how we are training in competition. So if I know, okay, I have to clear a collar tie, I want to repeat in my mind repetition of a perfect collar tie clear over and over and over again, and I want three variations. So if I'm going to set up, I want three variations of collar tie clearing. Okay, maybe I hit the, the shrug, pop the elbow, go into an outside rush. That's one. Number two, maybe I'm dropping for, we have a, the Billy Robinson ankle pick that we do. Number four, maybe I'm going over the top of the collar tie and hitting my own collar tie over the top. So that's three, right? Or whatever. I don't know. Now I'm losing count. Start visualizing and repeat it in your mind over and over and over again. Not everybody is a visual learner, okay? But guess what? You need to visualize. You need to train yourself to be visual in your mind. You need to train the mind. If you, if you're the type of person that you have to do it kinesthetically, this is why drilling is so important guys. Pick a friend and say, Hey, can we just go over this for the next 20 minutes? Again, I'm just going to use the collar tie as an example because it's so easy to do and so easy to rep out without hurting anybody, repping it out repeatedly. Find somebody willing to just rep it out with you. Go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Get it right. Then once you have it right, visualize it and just repeat it to yourself. And here's the other thing. I'm just going to throw this in here. One of the things that really annoys me with like the whole sport BJJ and all this stuff when people are doing all these capoeira style moves now, it takes like 17 steps to do like one move. I hate that. If I can't count to three or four and be done with what I need to do, then I'm doing it wrong. Sorry. It's not efficient. I've had people challenge me on that. And every time they challenge me, I show them and they go, oh, well, I could have done that. Oh, but that hurts. Yeah. And of course it hurts. <laughs> That's the point, man. This is a mission grappling. <laughs> it's supposed to hurt. It's supposed to hurt. There should be pain and discomfort at every position that you create for somebody. Okay? Mm -hmm. So let you, I need you to start visualizing it. 
I need you. We got our videos. What we do very unique, guys. One of the things that we do very unique at my school, I have monthly curriculum videos that is free for all the students that I personally record and instruct. It's the exact same material that I teach during the month, but I do that on our private YouTube channel. It's not open for the public. It's only open for our direct students and distance learning students to repeat the moves over and over and over again. So if you can't come to class, you can watch, listen, and repeat. And this is the same reason why at the end of every month, you have to reteach the information back to me because I need to know that it's in your head. And if you guys remember when we were talking to Vlad Kulikov on our episode, if you haven't listened to it, please do. Because the guy's a stud. He said, I've drilled things so many times in my life, I can't get it wrong if I tried. Right? That's why we're drilling so much. So that you just can't mm-hmm. get it wrong. Yet, we have to, we're ignoring the mind. That way, we're going, well, what if this? What if that? You know, well, what if I lose? I don't give a shit if you lose. What do I tell my students? I say, I will give you extra points if you get disqualified. Why? It's not about punching somebody in the face. It's just these rule books now are so ridiculous. Everything is so pussified. You can't do anything. Right? If they don't like what you did, because I know I teach things mechanically correct. If they don't like the mechanics of something, get disqualified. It's okay, I'll give you extra points. Don't worry about it. Let them disqualify you because I'm not watering down proper mechanics and proper function of submission grappling for some pussy rule set that doesn't respect real combat. And again, I'm not talking about punching, kicking, grabbing somebody in the nuts or eye gouging. I'm not talking about that. You guys know what I'm talking about. If you have ever competed and look at some of these stupid rule books, 68 pages long, don't do this, don't do that. The leg reap. Fuck you. It's a, a leg lock is it starts with a hip lock. You have to lock the hip. If you don't lock the hip, they're going to roll. Of course you need to lock the hip, jackass. Whoever wrote these stupid rules. If you can train somebody in an arm bar, you can train them in the heel hook. Sorry. And I don't care if you're wearing a gi or not. But this has gotten so watered down and it is so irresponsible to pe- teach people the wrong way to do things just to satisfy a rule set of some arbitrary tournament, it is nauseating to me. Train it right. Do it right. Adjust your moves. Adjust your finishing holds for the rule set you're in, but train things right to begin with. But also keep in mind, which has now become the topic of this podcast organically, you've got to train your mind separately. That's a separate exercise. I get so upset. I, we've talked about this before. I get very obsessive with this stuff. So, Ed, can I tell you a quick story real fast? Absolutely. Okay. It'll be fast, guys. Sorry. But this is funny. So, last month, we were doing stuff from the closed guard, uh, what we call the Saturday night ride in catch wrestling, which when you're in somebody's closed guard. So, one of the things that happens a lot of times in the closed guard, which I find ridiculous because it is not efficient if you know how your proper posture in the Saturday night ride is the hip bump sweep. Okay. I can't stand the hip bump sweep. I don't teach it. It's completely antithesis to of what we do and how we how we how we fight. Okay. So I was just like, 
the other day I was thinking, I can't stand the hip bump sweep, but how can I use the mechanics of the hip bump sweep into something I do like? So <laughs> I came up with this, not a hip bump sweep, but a hip bump from the open guard bottom into a rolling toll hold. And so we were working on that this week. It's not going to be for everybody because the um, the mechanics of it, it's like, it's, you, you have to really, you have to be at a really high level, I think, to kind of pull this off, but you can train people to do this. But I created two variations. One was a rolling toe hold from a hip bump into the opponent's standing leg from the guard, from the open guard. And then the other one was just to get on top into a shin ride and then just break the leg so we have two variations there that we're going to be working this month in my school uh and most of you have no idea what i'm talking about but uh come down and check it out <laughs> and you'll, you'll get some fun you can always schedule privates and i'll show you if you're like into this kind of stuff or you want to start playing leg locks i will show you stuff from a what uh i guess you can say a japanese catch wrestling perspective because i don't know if a lot of you guys know this so i'm also a black belt in saw submission arts wrestling which is uh japanese catch wrestling developed by also sensei in the early 80s mid 80s so it's a combination of like judo sambo catch it's and and some striking it's it's quite violent as far as i'm concerned this submissions arts wrestling style of Japanese catch wrestling is probably the most violent and it's the meanest and it's much meaner than the English catch wrestling, which I'm also well-trained in under Billy Robinson. Right. So it's a little bit of a variation, but it gets really nasty, <laughs> but you got to be real careful about like how you, do, how you apply some of these things to people because it's over so quick. Like you can snap shin bones and, but it's fun. It's cool. So we need to start training your mind, Ed. I want you drilling your mind. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting that as you bring that up because I I was thinking as you were talking about really the two Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu competitions that I competed mm -hmm. in. And I mentioned this, I think, in probably our first episode or so, but that I always had issues that I would, or I would get into a certain position and usually I somehow end up on top. Usually it's been side control or the side mount and, and I would not know what to do. I wouldn't know how to submit the person. I wouldn't know how to finish it. I, and all of a sudden you just see me trying to crank whatever I can. It's just like, people are staring like, what is this guy doing? Um, and it was interesting because I actually recall in both competitions in a sense, the moment that I would give up, I have the dominant position. If I knew what I was doing, I would win. But I, it was like, I was so, I didn't know what I was doing. And I was like, there's nothing left. I can try. I'm literally just here. I don't understand the point system. I don't understand any of this. All I wanted to do was just submit the person. I didn't care about points. And I remember thinking, especially in my last tournament in, in Korea, where, yeah, I was top position side. And 
I was attempting what I thought would now thinking back would be a double wrist lock. But for whatever reason, I, I didn't do it correctly. I think my hands were in the wrong position or something of that sort. And I just remember thinking to myself, there's nothing left. I All I can do is sit here and I'm getting bored or I'm getting tired of this. And there's too much. Uh, I don't know if I can handle the pressure of wanting to go through another match. And, and I remember giving up mentally, mm. mentally just giving up. I didn't give up the position, but I mentally gave up. I was like, uh, I'm, I'm good with second place. I'm good with third place. And this goes back to, yeah, I think what you're talking about in the sense of training my mind. And let's just, uh, if I categorize it from the sense of sport training versus, I guess you can almost call it emotional training, is that sport training, yes, absolutely. Watching the videos, doing it mentally. I mean, you've experienced it where I can watch a video and I start to understand the concept of what's happening and then we practice through it and I'm picking up on it fairly quickly versus, again, this this almost fear. I guess you can call it a fear of like, I don't know what it means to win. I'm scared of it. You know, what's if I do win a gold medal, what's that going to do to me? Am I actually, what for whatever reason, scared of that unknown? How do I get past that? How do I break through that? And there is that sense also of putting all this time and effort into it and to, and I know, and I know you said I wouldn't be letting you down and that really the only way that I would be failing you is by not showing yeah. up. Um, but in my own head, I put this pressure of coach is putting time into me. He's investing time into me. I'm investing my time into this. We're training with the PCI team. We're all one team. We're training together. We're all rooting for each other. You know, like you mentioned with Tati, as far as often as she competes, it's like, you know, it, it's exciting to see her win. Um, and there's this pressure, I guess I'm putting on myself of, I don't want to let everybody down. I don't want to be the one guy that's not going to show up or that's not going to come home with a medal. So there's this, it's this, Yin Yang, you know, call it an Asian thing with me, Eastern <laughs> philosophy, but it's this whole Yin Yang thing of like, like on one end, I want to win. I want to come home with a medal. I want to win. And then the problem is, is that second and third is good enough. And I don't, and there's this internal conflict that I don't want that to be the case. I want first place. I want to come home with gold. I'm terrified of it. Because to me, it's like second and third. At least I meddled, right? At least I meddled. I did good enough, but I don't. I've never tasted or have never experienced what I would say in my life in that sense of comp competition-wise of true victory, of being able to battle through everything and win first place, and to actually come out on top. And I don't know if again that might strongly be correlated or related to. Again, things that I've talked about that my aversion to aggression. Yeah. Right. Even in training, even in um, just in real life, like I there's there is aggression inside of me. But I'm afraid to embrace that. I'm afraid to face it. And I think, you know, this is probably going to send us off on another tangent. But it's like this this journey of self-discovery that we've talked about. That, you know, PCI Jiu-Jitsu as a school is not just about 
the grappling techniques. It's the emotional, spiritual, physical experiences that we go through. And like you mentioned, you know, I, th I think it was the uh, What Is Your Why episode of when we're on the mat, it's not the other person that we're fighting. It's really ourselves yeah. in, in what we are contributing. So in my case, it's like, yeah, I can be on the mat, whether I'm facing you, whether I'm facing anybody else at PCI in the school, it's not a matter of like, oh, I'm trying to beat, you know, Rich. I'm trying to beat Mike. I'm trying to beat Tati. I'm, it's not, it's not that at all. It's, I am literally there. Like, I don't want to hurt you. And I'm scared of that. I'm going to, and it's, it's almost egotistical to see, even say that, oh, as if I know that I'm going to hurt them. Right. It, so this, this is what I mean. There's this whole yin yang, this back and forth internal battle within my own head of, <clears throat> excuse me, that. I know I'm scared of my aggression and all of a sudden it's like when I do think about it and say it out loud, I'm like, wow, Ed, get off your soapbox there. Like, what do you think, Mr. Aggressive? Like you're going to go as if you can go beat everybody up. And it might be things that people have told me in the past, you know, that's just kind of speaking into my head or just that my mind is speaking louder at times that I've got this pent up aggression within me. Now I feel like I'm going through a therapy session, but that I've got this pent up aggression within me. And that I'm afraid to unleash yeah. that, right? I, that because, again, I know that with my size, my strength, and if I have the techniques that, yeah, I can hurt somebody. And that's the last thing that I want to do. But that's the whole and point. And so even in <laughs> I know. And that's what that's what's like. It's just, I'm telling you, man, it's just an, it's this internal battle that goes back and forth, back and forth. It's like, literally, I am, it's almost like my mind is schizophrenic. And no offense to anybody who's schizophrenic. Like, I, you know... I sympathize for your struggles, but as a way to articulate what I'm going through, it's almost like my mind is just going back and forth in and of itself. And then you have me trying to address this argument, internal argument that is happening. And now it's a three-way argument yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, ah, it's getting crazy. And so, yeah, in, in context of competing, I'm excited to compete. I'm excited to train all this stuff is because I know it's going to be beneficial for me. Yeah. I know it's going to be beneficial for yeah. me. So, but I'm already in my own yeah. head, right? You can tell I'm already are, in my own head. You just got to get out of it, right? <laughs> visualize the repetitions, right, of what you're doing. You've got to visualize the choreography. I remember years ago, so you know my best friend Chuck, who at some point we're going to have on the podcast, right? It's brown belt. Uh, yeah, we need to get him, get him on. He's so funny. So years ago, he used to say to me, it's okay, you can hurt me. You know, we all signed up for this. We know we're here to get hurt. That's why we tap. And so it was, it's like what I've always said to you. It's just like when you get on the mat, you have permission to hurt me. It's my job to either deflect the pain, eliminate the pain, reinflict my own pain onto you, right? Or just finally just submit. Yeah. We all agree when we get on the mat is we're there to hurt somebody. We're playing kill. We are training these mock battles. It should be these mock battles of, of life and death. And we have to accept that. And we have to acknowledge that. Because at the end of the day, the person I would most be willing to stand next to in life is that person that's willing to die with me on the mat. 
that's the person I know I can trust. Nobody else. Because they don't know. They don't have that shared experience of what it's like to be on the verge of death. You know? It's just like, it is said to me, I always say this, but being on the mat is such a sacred moment in such a sacred space that when I'm sharing violence with somebody else, it's just, it's a joy for me. It's literally a joy. I don't care how much it hurts. I don't care how bruised up I am or, you know, I'll be grunting and groaning or that, damn, this hurts now for the next week or this, whatever. It's a joy to share that pain. So we have to know, again, in our mind, train your mind, you have permission to hurt the other person. So I tell my kids, they got a tournament coming up in a few weeks. I tell them, guys, remember that person, that's that kid that's across from you, they're there to do one thing and one thing only, hurt you. Do you want to get hurt? No. Okay, hurt them first. And they know the rules like I have. We're not doing, you know, my daughter's upset that she can't do any leg locks, whatever. There's no arm bars, no arm locks. I go, you choke everybody. That is, in my opinion, it's always the only definitive way to, to dominate somebody is through a choke. Choke, 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 choke. Get on top and choke. That's it. Very simple. So they know. I go, you have permission. This is why everybody signs up and pays the money. It's not cheap. People are giving you permission to try and hurt them. And the other, the other angle of that, right, is, well, let's see if I can hurt you first. That's who, how we know who wins or loses, right, is who can hurt who first and the worst. Let's not delude ourselves into thinking that this is a fucking patty cake session. Okay, we're not playing pickleball. I still don't even understand what pickleball is. It's some stupid jackass little game now that people are playing. And forgive me, people, <laughs> pickleball fans that are out there pickleballing and listen to the podcast. I'm sorry. But why are you spending your time pickleballing when you could be on the mat? I, you know, okay. you say that now, and in 10 years, I'm going to see you playing pickleball. Like, this is the greatest yeah, maybe, thing ever. Hey, I'm going to make fun of you. I'm going to bring this episode back hey, look, up. <laughs> I was on the tennis team in high school. I played tennis. Right? I played tennis for years and years and years. So. I get it, but like, at the at the end of the day, if you're playing pickleball or if you're playing golf, I know Ed likes to play golf. There's no permission to hurt somebody. I mean, it'd be funny you swing the club and like it goes flying, or you the ball hits somebody in the head or something, or falls into their drink on the middle of the golf course. That'd be pretty funny, I guess. But you don't have permission to hurt somebody, right? When we are in a tournament, a submission grappling tournament. When we are training for it at our respective schools, you do have permission to hurt people. So let's not delude ourselves into thinking this is pickleball. Not to be picking on pickleball, but whatever. It's the first one that came to my mind because I saw like an ad for it or something. I'm like, what the hell is this? They're like patting around with this little ball. See, the more you talk trash on it, the more advertisements you're going to see on Instagram oh, and everything for oh, pickleball. God. You're, you're screwed I'm now. really screwed. Well, it's interesting what, you, what you're what you bringing up as you're talking about that. It, again, it goes back to me about my internal conflict of I literally started to feel small right now mm. because I, I felt like all of a sudden I go, again, well, who am I to say that I'm not going to hurt the other person, that I don't want to hurt the other person? Like you're saying in competition setting, it's about if they're, they are there to hurt yeah. me. 
So who am I to all of a sudden think that I'm so high and mighty that I'm not going to hurt the other person? I want you to hurt them. <laughs> I know. And so <laughs> but it, it, that's what I'm saying. It's all of a sudden like, God, boy, Ed, how about a, a little taste of humility here? You know, and like all of a sudden I feel like my ego is just all pumped up thinking, well, yeah, who am I to think that I've got this internal ingress- aggression and that I'm afraid of it? And that I'm not going to hurt the other person when, and just because the other person still wants to hurt me, that I'm choosing to go down this path of not being aggressive, not hurting the other person. Uh, it's, I, I All of a sudden, I felt like this feeling of like, oh, I'm high and mighty. Yeah. Which I originally thought I was coming from this sense of fear, feeling small, um, feeling, I don't know, weak. But there's another side of that coin to me where it's like, who do, who do I think I am? And in fact, that brings up, it reminds me of a, a therapy session I had years ago when my therapist asked me, if four people are drowning, drowning, mm-hmm. and you can, or it's like kind of the, the lifeboat mm-hmm. thing. Who do you think you are that you have to sacrifice yourself? Mm. Like how big of an ego do you have to think that you're some sort of hero or something that you have to sacrifice yourself? Whether it's coming from the position of I'm weak, I'm small, I'm not valued, blah, 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 whatever it might be, which are things that I was struggling with at Mm. the time. And I still do, but it's who do you think you are that you can drown and everybody else doesn't have to? Mm Mm-hmm. Who do you think you are that you're gonna that you're gonna stay on the sinking ship and save everybody else's life? Why is your life all of a sudden worth sacrificing? So in my case, it's like, why is my aggression or myself, who do I think I am to say I'm not gonna hurt the other person? As if again, it's like a very egotistical statement to say. And it's just interesting that as you were talking, that that's what it brought into me was like yeah, if I'm in competition, they're there to win just as much as I'm there to win. They're there to hurt me as much as, again, ideally, as I want to hurt them. Imagine being a, but who am imagine I? Being a boxer and you're just going to stand there and let the other guy punch you. And you're not punching back. Right? We would never see. You'd be like, what is this guy doing? Why is he not fighting back? Right? So same thing. You are in a position. It's... Uh, Look at it like this. It's better to die on the battlefield with honor than to walk away without even getting in the battle in shameful infamy. You've chosen the path of the warrior. Now be prepared to fight. That's it. You need to fight. You need to... this mindset has to be, I'm there to hurt somebody. And you can say, oh, okay, well, this is just training time. and this, That's fine. Well, like I said, guys, your training time should be really 80, 90% drilling. So how many arm drags are you doing? How many sweeps are you doing? <laughs> you know, how your, your guard passing, how, how good is, how tight is it? Not these stupid little. I see some really dumb drills on Instagram. Oh my God, we should do that. That'd be a funny episode sometime. Pick up these little Instagram videos. Yeah, we're going to do Roy Grage, but we can do the Instagram videos and just comment on them and be like, why are they doing that? 
you know, because I see stupid stuff, you know. But you're back to this whole thing about the the mind. We all signed up for this because it's about pain. It's violence. Somebody could say, oh, well, I just did this for discipline and self-respect, and I just wanted to learn how to protect myself in, a, in case of a street fight. Guess what? There's probably better than 99.9% chance that you're never going to get in a street fight. Okay? So now what's really your excuse? What is it really? Deep down inside, you're doing this because there is something within you, let's say it's pain or otherwise, you want to create, do you want to create pain? You need to channel your aggression. You need to channel whatever demons are inside of you, whatever pain is within you, and exchange that energy with another person. You need to exchange. It's like exchanging demons. It's like a gift exchange, but we're exchanging pain. That's our gift to each other is pain, violence but in a controlled, respectable setting where we have this gentleman's and gentle ladies agreement, right? Gentlemen and lady agreement that we are not going to simply kill each other and we're going to honor the tap, right? We're going to honor the process of submission because they say, okay, I give up. I'm in the position of death. Wrap your mind around that. Let's say you, Ed. That was pretty deep. <laughs> <laughs> you got me thinking. I'm probably not going to go to sleep tonight trying to process all of this. <laughs> but it's... it's Yeah, I, I, I struggle with... God, I, I don't even know how to say it. It's it's and this my brain's just spinning. And it's always I always have this issue where I I feel and I know what's going on in my head, but I can't ever get it out into words so like I can't articulate it. And and so I'm trying to like process this of it's like, yeah, I absolutely get it. And now I think the next step for me is how do I manifest mm. that? How do I manifest this within myself that it becomes a part of my being yeah. of who I am? And in a sense, like you're saying this, this role or this, I don't know if it's a call, but this position, this title, this responsibility, whatever we want to use, the word we want to use of warrior. And to understand that, like, what does that mean to become a warrior, right? Because does that, I feel like in the modern, in, in our modern world, in, in, in where we are living now, to say that you are a warrior, what does that mean? That you have to be in the military, that you have to be a law enforcement person, that you have to be a firefighter, whatever it is, you have to be a first responder, because that is in the sense of being in war. If you're a firefighter, you are battling fires, you are battling rescues, whatever that situation is. Same thing with law enforcement, right? We're battling, you are in the battle against the bad guys. In the military, we are in battle in this earth, on this earth with people, with other countries, with 
ideologies, terrorism, mm-hmm. whatever. But as individuals who, let's just say us, we're here in the, in the United States, California, Orange County, to embrace and to understand in a non-vocational way of identifying or again, see, it's hard for me to come up with the word as to how we would associate ourselves to this class of being a warrior. What does that entail? How does some, in a sense for me, it's like, am I going through this journey to become one or am I already one just not knowing it? What is this? And what does that look like? And so like you're saying this acceptance of battle, this acceptance of the opponent is going to hurt you. They are there to hurt you. And so you must reciprocate that in a sense. How do I accept that? Right. This, this process of understanding coming to that. And like, even it goes to like, even weight loss. I mean, when I, I used, like I said, I used to weigh 325 pounds. I fought that battle, got down to 225 and here I am, you know, married dad bod. I'm up to two seven. I'm down. Well, I should say I'm down now to two seventy. Mm. But you know, I got thirty more pounds to go to hit my my yeah. goal. So this battle of how many times have I started over and over and over and over to try to lose weight? How many times have I? How many times have I admitted defeat? So see, this goes right back into everything. All my issues. Yeah. <laughs> how many times have I admitted defeat in my? health battle in the sense of, all right, I'm going to go keto. I'm going to go keto. I'm going to do whatever the diet it's, you know, so-and-so I'm going to eat the potato diet. I'm only going to eat potatoes for this. I'm going to screw it all. I'm going to fast for do the Jesus diet and fast for 40 days and 40 (laughs) nights. Right. But in hour three, boom, there's a nice warm looking cinnamon roll. Oh God. That smells amazing. Ah, you know what? And then you become weak. You become, I, I become weak and I give yeah. in, you know, and it, the, the process and the journey of embracing all of this, I think that I'll admit I'm not on the mat enough to face mm-hmm. it. I'm not on the mat often enough where I am engaging with this, where I'm engaging with myself. And if anything, there's something my wife gets super frustrated with me with is I am in my head so much. Mm-hmm that there's two things that happen. One, there's this internal dialogue constantly happening where I'm analyzing, processing, trying to figure things out. And then I've got the the nothing box, the empty box where that has become so discombobulated, I guess is the word for it, that it almost becomes empty where I just, it's just like, I'm, I'm out this. I'm just in this, a space of emptiness. So then she'll, you know, it's the husband wife thing. She'll go, what are you thinking about? Nothing. And it's because there's so much going on that I can't even think of anything. That's funny. Right. And then of course it's like, what do you mean you're thinking of nothing? No, I don't mean to get into my marital issues, but I'm sure many, many married people will understand, but it's like, it's literally like, there's so much going on that there's nothing yeah. left. And it, and it's also to the point where if there is stuff going on, you know, sometimes I always say that there's, I have too much input and not enough output. There you go. That to me, it's like, yeah, I should be on the mat. Why? Because for as much as there's input coming in, I'm there's an equal amount of output, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Versus when I'm sitting here in my room, in my office, 
doing my works and my, you know, working on my dissertation, working on the PCI stuff, working on level up grappling and some other projects that I'm doing. I'm in my head yeah. and it's just in input, 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 input without enough output. And all of a sudden it's like, I'm at capacity. Mm. Right. And so I, I mean to, I, I bring all that up because it's again, this journey of what it means to become a warrior to, to embrace that identity status title. I don't know. In, in light of this competition, let's just say for now, right? Because I'm almost wondering, like, if I, maybe this is the fear that if I go and compete and I lose, I'm going to feel inadequate as a martial artist. Yeah. I'm going to feel, you know, if I play second and third, I'm comfortable. But comfort isn't what yeah. we want, is it? Right? <laughs> I don't mean to sound all like Instagram inspirational theory, but it's like, true. it's like, we don't want to be comfortable. No. We want to embrace the challenge. We want to embrace the difficulty, which is what I aim to yeah. do. Am I terrified of it? Yes. And at the same time, I've also been the type of person like, I just have to do it. Mm-hmm. And I'll face it. I'll figure it out. The outcome is going to be the outcome. Yeah. You know? And, but even then, just saying that out loud, like, mm-hmm. see, my internal, I start to have like, God, it sounds so complacent. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not that. It's just like you're going to go in there and embrace whatever the outcome is. But regardless of your fate, like I said, it's better to die a hero on the field of battle than to walk away in shame and infamy, never stepping foot. So it's our efforts, you know, and our commitment to our destiny, which enables us to live this is your destiny. So you have to be committed to it. You know, be committed to the pain, be committed to the struggle, embrace the demons, give them to someone else. And who basically remember whoever hurts somebody else first, that's the person that's the winner of the tournament. It's called a submission guys. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's wrap this up. Ed, anything else? Oh, Hey, sanibalsports.com forward slash PCI jujitsu, 10% off everything and anything you buy perpetually every time you put in the PCI jujitsu code. So head on over to sanibalsports.com forward slash PCI jujitsu. Give yourself a nice discount and support us. Yeah. Thank you guys all for tuning in to another episode of level up grappling, the official podcast of PCI jujitsu and uh, we say it at the beginning, but I'll say it again. We cannot thank you guys enough for all your support for those who are, who listen. Um, and especially for those who listen to the full episode, <laughs> but either way, uh, please engage with us, uh, level up underscore grappling on Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. We want to share in your victories. We want to share in your losses, whatever you guys are going through. Uh, we want to be a community of people of grapplers, all leveling up. Yep. As cliche as it sounds, we're just trying to level up in all aspects of our lives. Yeah, we talk a lot about grappling. And I think like in this episode, we talk a lot about other things that pertain to it, right? The, comp- the competitive mindset, whatever yeah. it is. You know, I, I think I was pretty vulnerable <laughs> this episode, but. And we appreciate um, it. So thank you. And I, and I think I'm excited. I'm excited for where all this goes. I'm excited to have shared that with with everyone. And we want to hear from you guys. 
you know, what, what, what is it that drives you? You know, we talked about what is your why here. Let's, we're talking about, you know, again, coach Brian's one little statement of oh, you're competing <laughs> sets me off on this giant thing. Mm. So we'll keep you guys updated on that. It might actually be a fun challenge. It'd be like, I don't know that, that tournament's what, uh, August like 12th I or something so, like yeah. that. It's August 12th. So basically literally 30 days from yeah. now. To be like a thirty-day, how That's quickly 30 can day get challenge. Trained, competitive? Oh, oh that man, sounds so much fun. That. That'd be yeah, fun. Let's document that. We're gonna do some video clips. Yeah, he's gonna start doing some burpees yeah. and uh, some sprawls. Oh god! Oh, this is gonna be fun. I love and it. It's all gonna start with training at uh, with Coach Bain. Yeah. So that's what a way to get started in a sense. Yeah. <laughs> this thirty-day journey. Yeah. So keep a, again, follow us. I'll, I'll try to post some, maybe some daily videos or something like that just to see how this all goes. But yeah, other than that, that's pretty much it for me. We'll catch you guys later on the next episode. Thank you guys again. Again, don't forget Sanibel and uh, this is Level Up Grappling, Coach Brian and Ed. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs>